Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, on today's show, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, her name is, uh, is Kyle Campbell, and uh, she is someone who has an, a very interesting background. She has a new podcast she's coming out with, and she's going to help us talk about what's happening with the youth. Uh, she, her interesting uh, credentials, I think, are going to be very complimentary. She has not only a degree in journalism and education, but she also has a an MA in education and, and psychology. Uh, her expertise is uh, leading, advising, and contributing in the media uh, in terms of political, nonprofit, and uh, social areas. Uh, she has an incredible background, uh, lots of insight, and you're starting your new podcast called uh, Politically Basic. I'm really glad to have you on the show. Hey, Brad. It's so good to see you and be here with you today. Thank you for having me on. And we have so much to talk about. But first things first, I just want to say thank you, not only as your friend, but somebody who's gotten the pleasure of working with you for like over two decades. <laughs> We've known each other a really long time. Um, and you are just an awesome human being. And so I'm glad to know you, but also just want to say thanks for all the amazing work that PJI is doing to protect people's freedoms, you know. And um, I'm just really honored to be here and talk more about, yeah, what's going on with younger generations. Um, share with you for the first time publicly that I am charting new territory and starting a podcast called Politically Basic with Kyle Campbell. I'm so excited about it. And I know we have a lot to chat about. So I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show. And it's, it's no coincidence that uh, you're part of a generation that is of high concern uh, in the, the media across the country. Uh, uh, both parties are focusing on the younger generation. Uh, no one has uh, anything uh, guaranteed in their pocket when it comes to uh, the politics of the millennials or the Gen Zs. Um, it's, it's actually a, a major concern. And I think it's, this is going to be an interesting talk to give us all some, some insight, especially people like me who are the tail end of the baby boomers, uh, wow. to, uh, to understand <laughs> you know, exactly uh, where we're at, where, they, where they're headed, where they're coming from, right. how do we connect with them. These are some of the, the things that we're going to be looking at today on this program. Millennials. I think millennials got a really bad rap, right? I mean, we just really went after millennials. Like, you guys are lazy, and you're entitled, and you're spoiled. And you're snowflakes. And now you're so, yeah, a bunch of pansies, yeah. and you're good for nothing. <laughs> okay, poor millennials. Well, guess what? This is going to blow your mind. We procreated. We had kids. And that's Gen Z. And they're growing up Gen Z is aged 11 to 26 right now. Can you believe that? We've got a generation after them. We've got alpha. We're starting all over with the alphabet. We've got so many <laughs> people coming into the world. So it's really exciting, but they're very unique and they're very different in what they think, what they want, what they think they know, um, how, how, their struggles. So? So, so they're so fascinating. So there are going to be 70 million of them 
In the 2024 presidential election, 12 million of them will be voting. So just to put that into some political context for you, in 2020, the difference in the popular vote between Joe Biden and Donald Trump was 7 million votes. So just the number of Gen Z voters who are going to be eligible to be casting a ballot in 2024 could potentially make a significant difference. So it's really exciting to look at them in that context. Now, I know there's going to be some people when you said there's a 7 million, they're going to, wait a minute, that was fraudulent. Okay, so <laughs> folks out there, got it, okay? <laughs> I, not I, delving into that territory. We're not going to delve but. into that, but I, my heart's with you, and I, I, I totally agree with where, where you're coming from. So compassionate, Brad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you for, for mentioning that. So, yeah, but, 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 but if we're just looking at the data, and we're yeah, just looking at the exactly. numbers, even though you know the youngest of, of the generation, they're 11, they're going to be 18 in no time. So that's and a huge portion. That's a, a, huge a make portion. or break in the next, the next election. Incredible. Easily. And when you look at millennials, the number of millennials, and the number of Gen Z, when they are all of voting age, that's going to be over 140 million people, which is essentially the number of people who voted for Donald Trump in total. So their power and their influence is tremendous, but they're thinking differently because they were raised differently. So think about Gen Z. They're the first generation who came into the world in a completely digital age, right? We were sort of dipped the toes in with like, oh, cell phones are new, the internet's new, social media's new. They come in and you've got babies holding iPads and knowing how to do games. They're being wow. influenced so profoundly through social media, TikTok, Instagram, uh -huh. X. This is where they're getting their social interaction. It's where they're getting their news. It's where they're getting their information. And then you put on top of that AI and what influence is going into building the AI that is giving this generation information. Yeah. So they're really unique. A significant percentage of them are children of immigrants. A majority of them are in California. We know that California has a special set of issues going on that can be bellwether for the country. So it's important, I think, now that we take a look at this generation. We can't turn that blind eye and be like, you're just a pack of special weirdos and we don't know what to do with you, kind of like what we did with millennials. We've got to understand and know them because they are going to have such an incredible impact on mm. our nation, on our policies, on what's voted on, and they're probably going to procreate too and yes. become parents. Well, you know, um, I, I've, seen, <laughs> I, I, I've seen a, a whole generation, like you mentioned, being influenced not just by, uh, by the traditional factors, your parents, mm -hmm. teachers, which is a, a major concern right. today in public education, uh, and their Sunday school teachers, but now the yeah. internet has such a yeah. huge impact. Uh, and I've, I've talked to parents before on this program directly and just said, look, you may be homeschooling, right. you may be you know, carefully monitoring what they're seeing on TV, mm -hmm and where they're going and what friends they have yep. and, and their youth group and all this stuff, you may have total, seemingly total control. But if they're having free access to the yes. internet without filters and without you as a parent mm -hmm. seeing what they're watching, hearing what they're uh, listening right. to at the whole time, not in their bedroom, but in the kitchen, yeah. unless you are actively monitoring and filtering and mirror, mirror watching, right which is another uh, technology mm -hmm. app parents should have, mm -hmm. unless you're doing that, they're being swept away. And statistically, yes. that is exactly what I understand is happening, not just in the non-church-going community, but everywhere, in, uh, but everywhere including yeah. families that are Christians, including families that are homeschooling, that are yes. not watching the gate. 
I think that there is an issue surrounding the understanding of how bad it is, right? So we, we use technology all the time um, as parents, as professionals, and we use our iPhones or you use your smartphone, you use your laptop, you use your tablet, and you have a good sense of what's going on there. But people are getting more and more creative about how to get that those bad, negative, manipulative, evil, wicked influences into the kids, and it's sneaky. So I don't know if you've heard of some of these um, apps, like QChat is one of the new ones where mm. a, a student or a young person can get into a chat system about um, sexual issues, transgender, transitioning, all kinds of things, and it has a quick release on it, this is how they developed the app, so that when a parent or a guardian or an adult comes in the room, the kid can quickly hit the quick release button and it goes to something else to hide what they're doing. No. And there are all kinds of apps. There's wow. one called I, Calculator I, I, that, you know, they, they're getting yeah. really sneaky and our kids are really at risk. But this is their world. And I think that we need to do a much better job culturally and socially of understanding the risks and their yeah. influences. You know, you know, Kyle, um, I am so appreciative of you having your new podcast that's going to be coming out. It's not out yet. Not yet. But it's going to be coming out in a few months, hopefully, I guess. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, first part of 2024. It's going to be a wild election year, and I love hardly anything more than a really good presidential election. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that kind of special weirdo because I think politics is absolutely fascinating. And what has happened especially since the pandemic, but really just culturally in the United States is that we have so much division. We have so much anger over differing political viewpoints mm -hmm. that politics has become a bad word. Right. And I don't think politics is a bad word. I think politics is fascinating and incredible. And we live in the most magnificent country in the world and we should know it and we should appreciate it. Yeah. And so politically basic is all about throwing our arms open wide, welcoming people back into the discussion to say, you don't have to be afraid to talk about these things, but let's boil it down to just what the basics are of every political issue and really give our audience that foundational grounding so that they can then go and turn what they know into political opinions, yeah. into activism, and make the difference that I think they're really wanting to make. Yeah. It Folks, when we return, we're going to talk about the, the trends that are taking place right now with the Gen Zs, the Millennials. Uh, you're going to find it very interesting to find out what their highest priorities are. We return after this. Did you know that PJI protects parents' fundamental rights to educate and discipline their children and also provides valuable free resources to aid parents when those in power threaten to remove their children from their home? Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. We have serious trends taking place. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a, something we have to guess about. Mm -hmm. There are specific trends taking place regarding our young voters that yes. are going to be impacting this next election in 2024. Mm -hmm. Could you share with us now some of those clear trends 
that are, I think, quite alarming and concerning? Absolutely. It's also really interesting um, to see what Gen Z is focusing on and what they care about. So I'm going to ask you, actually, I want to know what you think the number one issue that Gen Z cares most about is. And spoiler alert, you already know the answer because we talked about this about a week ago. <laughs> Let's see if you remember. This is your quiz. What's their number one biggest issue concern? Um, in anything, anything in the political Well, I, I like to think their student loans being forgiven. <laughs> um, That's I know, not it. I know it's that. somewhere in there, but no. Yeah, student loans. Um, help, help me here. Help okay. me here. It's, it's actually, it might surprise you. It's mental health help. It's kind of shocking, right? But the number one thing that Gen Zers, Zoomers, as we sometimes call them, care about is the lack of and their desire for mental health help. Oh. I was blown away when I read that. It's also sad because they are, again, coming into the world primed to have influences that are not like the natural influences of family and church and, um, you know, human social interaction that, that we have. It's, it's digital. It's social media. It's and, artificial. And it's mental health. It was interesting. So when you, you asked me that question, I was thinking like, what big political issues? Is it the right. border um, or is it the energy crisis? Is it, you know, something else? Yeah. But it's actually something very personal. It's very personal. And I actually think it's really courageous of this generation to say, like, hey, this is at the top of our list. It's a little bit of a, a, a you know, tell for us that, like, we need to be addressing this more and we need to be focusing on it. Um, but also, you know, this generation's dealing with so much more heaviness on them. Is it because right? of the pandemic? And, they, and all that they went through there out, with masks yes. and silencing and fear? And uh, we, I never saw more fear mm. uh, and, and actually hate mm. than I did during the pandemic. The was pandemic, that a factor? It was a factor because the pandemic affected Gen Z more than any other generation. It was mostly economic, so they were financially affected the most. But we also had um, the Minneapolis riots. We had George Floyd's um, death happen. And it was sort of this convergence of issues that really opened the door for these younger generations to become these sort of social justice warriors and really have a have the time and ability to go out there and protest and march. And so here we have kids growing up in a digital age. They need mental health help, most mm -hmm. of them, or support at the least. They're not getting it. The pandemic affects them the most. And now they're angry. <laughs> and so we sort of had this weird wave of things come together for them. And I think that it did affect them. Yeah. Um, but something else cool came out of that, too. And that is that, um, do you want me to let you guess this one? Or I can just tell you. Just tell, just, <laughs> just tell me. I think, is it, right. is it racism? Is that? <laughs> well, looking obviously, at my notes racism here. is a huge, um, a huge concern. But what else is so cool, I think, about these, these younger generations, and Gen Z in particular, is when you look at what their, their top 10 issues were in 2022, and then you look at them for this year, 2023, they're different. Really? And I think that that's unusual. How, how are they different? Okay, so BLM was the number three issue that they cared about most in 2022. It didn't even crack the top 10 this year. Maybe that's because the news has sort of exposed them for, exposing for them. number one, what they actually stood yes. for, which was Marxism, right. uh, racism, uh, pro-Planned Parenthood. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was, and then I think also part of it was the fact that 
um, a lot of people became disillusioned with the BLM movement when they found out how Very these true. top people were just making lots of money and right. just using it for their own personal exploits. So that You're fell. absolutely right. That fell. But what it, what it signaled to me and I found really interesting is that these younger kids mm-hmm. and into their early 20s, they aren't afraid. This is that courage that I'm talking about to be open and changing your mind. They aren't afraid to to change their mind on an issue that they thought they were so committed to and they were so passionate about. They found out new information. That's and it good. Doesn't, yeah, and it's not one of their top ten. So. Mm-hmm. So I was encouraged by that, yes. actually, that they could see through that and, and make that change for themselves. But, yeah, mental health help, racism, um, and homelessness. Homelessness, poverty, hunger, those are the top three for them right now. And probably a lot of them are having fears that they are experiencing all three of those issues right now. So, again, like to your very excellent point, very personal issues to them. So a lot of the, these young people are seeing the homeless, maybe thinking, oh, shoot, that could be me someday. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that may be partly because they're not aware of where the homeless are actually coming sure. from and why they're homeless. Right. Like, don't be a drug dealer. If you uh, need mental health, mm-hmm. get, get counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, decide not to be a bum and get a job. Uh, you know, there, there's, those sure. are some, some basic issues. There's a lot of misunderstanding. Yes. I also know that in terms of mental health a lot of that came from children who were required to wear masks. It's true. Which studies show has really handicapped them. We at Pacific Justice Institute, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about this if I can Please, for a second because here. I love the work that you did and it was so tremendously impactful. I would love to hear. Yeah, because there were, there were so many uh, entities that were trying to force masks on yes. kids, preschoolers, mm-hmm. that we had to go in and file lawsuits in, in Florida on behalf mm-hmm. of 11,000 angry parents at a public school. Yeah. Or in California, on behalf of a, of a private Christian preschool, mm-hmm. where some of the parents said, no, I don't want my little toddler wearing a mask all day, handicapping their social development. Right. Well, fast forward, we have a whole generation mm-hmm. masked, mm-hmm. and we're paying the price of it in terms of their disconnect, it's true. mental health, social uh, handicapping. Yes. So this is, I think, is a real factor, and mm-hmm. we saw it also being manifested, as you, you pointed out, I guess, with a lot of frustration, a lot of anger mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the establishment, with society, and that was coached a lot, I guess, also by the Internet and the input they're getting as well? Absolutely. And, and you know, thank you again for the work that PJI did to help empower parents when COVID was at its height and we were forced to mask our children. Mm. I actually have a Zoomer, and I have a Gen Alpha child as well, and and. That experience of having to force your teeny tiny little child who can't breathe to cover their face for, yeah. for either reasons you agree with or don't. I think across the board, as Americans, we felt like we knew this wasn't right. You know, right. if you're on the left, if you're on the right, like anything in between, this was kind of an all-out um, assault, and our kids took the brunt of it. So, yes, we're seeing the after effects. They weren't in school. They weren't around their friends. And, again, it's just that forcing, that tunneling of of pushing the kids into this reliance on everything artificial. And that's mm. not healthy. We're definitely seeing seeing the ripple effect of that. Well, we see a lot of kids also today, uh, as far as mental issues, who are grabbing onto. Uh, gender identity yes. dysphoria, or claiming to have it. I had an expert on the program mm. talking about this, saying that, well, actually, these young people, most of them really don't have dysphoria. 
Uh, they wow. have some, some insecurities, yeah. some confusion issues, but they don't actually look at the opposite gender when they look in a mirror. Uh, but yeah. our society is fanning those flames, apparently, on the internet, mm-hmm. public schools, mm-hmm. LGBTQ is cramming it down the throats of not just children, but also people in the workplace, yes. uh, the large companies. And so that is in itself apparently creating mental conditions, which is gender identity dysphoria or confusion right. is a mental condition, in addition to other issues of, of fear, uh, anger, uh, and, and, and racism. Getting back to racism, yeah. if we yeah. can, uh, this is a concerning because we talk about racism. They're not mm. concerned about racism as applies to uh, you know everyone. It seems that their focus mm. is on a particular yes. race, yes. which is really troubling when you have a, a constitutional perspective like I do, which means, hey, the Equal Protection yeah. Clause... Title VII, right. that's to protect everyone for, and give equal treatment under the law. Absolutely. That's not their perspective. That's not what no. they're calling for, is it? No, and I think that this is a broader issue. If we take a step back and we look at any one of these issues, right, um, transitioning, you know, gender confusion, um, racism, homelessness, uh, almost every abortion, almost every issue, there is sort of this camp that wants to be coming from the compassionate, what would Jesus do side. And there is a lot of value in that. The problem is their their brand of of saying we should be compassionate and almost essentially let people do whatever they want and say whatever they want and, and, you know, try to corral people into a certain way of of thinking and believing, um, they are actually affecting other people so negatively. So it's it's a non-compassionate thing that they're trying to do. So racism, it, again, it's just, it's a free speech issue as well in that we cannot pick and choose who is free in a free country. We don't get to pick and choose, you know, who gets free speech, who gets freedom of religion. This is the whole point of America and the American experiment is that our constitution is an incredibly remarkable document. I'm not sure the kids are reading it. I'm not sure they've ever, you know, been been taught what what are in these founding documents that are that are so fair and so just and give people these rights that they we know they want. It really is a unifying binding set of documents that has set our nation on this course. And I think if we get back to that, and I'm so glad that you did the breakout session on that because we need so much more of that, right? right. Um, we're getting back to the things that unify us truly. Right. Yeah. As far as as far as these these young people um, you know, having, quote, compassion, mm-hmm. you know, they're told, even a lot of Christians, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're told, you know, oh, but have compassion. Well, they forget love is not real love right. if it doesn't have truth. Yes. I don't think Jesus would have said to anyone who's transgender, mm-hmm. oh, that's okay where you are. That's okay yeah. where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you mm-hmm. and just continue where you are. He, mm-hmm. No, he would love them where they're at. Yes. But he would then share with them right. what's needed to help set them free mm-hmm. uh, from that bondage, to help them. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think when people, uh, if they're transgender, the first mm-hmm. they need is the love of Jesus. They need that relationship. 100%. And from yeah. that love and relationship, you're then earning the opportunity yes. uh, to then lead them to, to Christ. And when they know Christ, right. then we have the sanctification. So I'm, I'm not cutting that out. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of young Christians today in this generation have the attitude of just, 
oh, that's great. Whatever you're doing is fine. And, sure. And that's great. And they don't realize that you're not doing them a favor that's it. when you affirm something that is harmful and destructive, yes. whether it's transgenderism, mm -hmm. LGBT, uh, abortion. Yep. These are destructive things that uh, do not precipitate out of true love yeah. based upon truth. I think you're hitting the nail on the head with this. We're, we're so far apart right now as a nation. And I think that, that having conversations just like this, where we find the commonalities, we all want to be compassionate. We all want to love each other. We all want to have freedoms and choice and autonomy over ourselves and the freedom to um, raise our kids because they're our kids or private property rights. You know, we, there's so many things that we can agree upon. And I think having that good, basic foundational understanding of what, what is true, like you're saying, the truth, what is real is going to bring us together in the right way. Once again, you have a, this new podcast coming out. I yep. think it is so timely. It's called Politically Basic. That's yep. the name of it. Politicallybasic.com and on Instagram as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, Kyle Campbell, thank you so much Thanks, for the Brad. work that you're doing. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to having you on in the future. And you on my show. Thank you so much. <laughs> ditto. Double ditto. Good. <laughs> we would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at PJI.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.